0: Real life, street stars, man. Young legend in the building. Let's go. Goddamn Bobby Sessions, man. We back. And it feels like you never left, man. But damn it, it, on the other end, it feels like you've been to the stars, (laughs) man. Been to the stars and back.
1: It's good Um, to be back. I got to say this, man, because last time you did this interview, I went to your show. Mm -hmm. You sold it out. You demolished it. And then you got signed. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate that, man. And one thing you always talk about in the interviews is manifest, manifest, manifest. And to see it actually happen from where you're at now to you getting a Grammy, I just, I just, man, I sit back proud because for so long we, as Dallas natives, always say, man, we, we want to root from somebody for Dallas to do a big. And mm-hmm. to watch you blow from outside the city, you gave a lot of people hope that. I've seen a lot of underground hip-hop people like Raw Elements, people that know you like, bro, we got one. We got one. You know what I'm saying? How does it feel like you were underground lyricist that everybody knows we watched you grow, you did it, and
2: now you gave everybody hope. How does that feel, bro? man it's inspiring, and that was the goal even back then. We knew that the the whole plan was to give out a lot of inspiration to show people that certain things was possible yeah. like because yeah. when there's no when there's no example set, you start. Uh, buying into this false narrative that you have to go to LA and New York and all these different places in order to manifest things, in order to bring things into reality and we always knew that this was possible and this, the Grammys are having a number one record on Billboard or yeah. signing is just a receipt to something that we knew was true even back then.
0: So speaking on false narratives man you know you're right there people do think there's a cheat code to this thing.
2: Sure. Um, yeah. And again we,
0: we kind of you know, trajectory your story up until the point where you know our last interview. But then, like you said, you got signed. How did that come about, man? As far as with the Def Jam situation, how did everything come about?
2: So, 2017, last time I was here, that was a big year because I was starting to the shows I was throwing started to get bigger and bigger. And I think you know that House of Blues show, and I did the interview for that. Even that Triple D experience that I had, um, we yeah, had we're like. On
1: that too, the Triple D at uh, Double XL.
2: Right, yeah. So, yeah, so that was, a, the, um, that was a great event and things just started to build. So at the time, as I was performing that music, I was making the early demos of what turned out to be Revolution Chapter One of the Divided States of America. There you go. And then I played it for, um, for J. Dot, uh, my manager, and he was like, yo, this is crazy. They had like the Like Me record and a lot of those songs. And he's had a um, relationship with Paul Rosenberg, uh, Eminem's manager, for quite some time. And we knew that he was gonna be at, um, become the CEO of Def Jam, so he went out and played him some records. He's like, I gotta meet this guy. So they uh, flew me out to New York. I had a meeting with Paul. I explained the vision, me and j and he explained his vision for Def Jam. Realized there was some synergy there, and it was a perfect fit, and I was shor- signed shortly after.
1: I'll be honest with you, it was a, it, I remember you uploading an Instagram video, you was chasing the cop. I just thought <laughs> that was the live. I said, yo, this is a sick. <laughs> Video, bro. <laughs> what did you come up with the
2: concept, bro? Uh, wow. you know, we um, all in art, and yeah. great art. Uh, he was really trying
1: to catch him too,
2: bro. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I had a good reason too, but yeah, that was um, the uh, like me video. That was the first song that came off of Revolution Chapter One. And that was, uh, you know, me, J-Dot, and uh, Jeremy Biggers went up directing the video. We all just sat down and wanted to make something, a piece of art that really reflected what a lot of us felt about what was going on even before that time, what was going on during that time, and what's going on as recent as yesterday with the same shit that's going on. And we always see videos of police officers harassing, chastising, chasing us. So I wanted to show the terror in a cop's face of being chased. And even though I didn't harm the cop and the actor playing the cop in the video, uh, we wanted to show, you can clearly see that regardless of what the role is, a role reversal, this is a fucked up situation and we need to stop it. And I feel like... Uh, the role reversal is a good way to highlight that highlight that point, and that's not the way to police um, people that you're supposed to serve and protect.
0: Right, and while you are on that subject, man, and topic, I do want to you know get your take on you know not only the verdict mm-hmm. of uh, Officer Chauvin, uh, but also you know just uh, the George Floyd situation itself, the riots that uh, the, you know that was going on throughout 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, you know your what some people might call a conscious rapper as far as talking about what's going on in the world. Um, so you see some artists that did come out and, you know, touch on that. Uh, you yourself, of course, had, you know, touches on that. But as far as, you know, when you post it back, you're looking at the news. Like, What are your thoughts as far as what's the problem and what's the solution that you feel?
2: Mm. Well, what happened in 2020 with the riots, it was just... This had to happen. It was a necessary thing. It's like, you can't keep poking the bear over and over and then not expect for it to retaliate at some point. And that's what happened. You have people that have seen our generation is going through something. The generation before that is going through something and on and on and on. And it's like, there's a certain point where we just had enough. So the George Floyd execution that we all witnessed on video, that was the straw that broke the camel's back so people just had enough and then when you have a pandemic where people have been placed out of work they got family members that done passed away because of the 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 current administration's mismanagement of that whole virus and how to contain it and how to stop it you have people that are already down to that last thing and then you're killing us on camera like again um it was just a straw that broke the camel's back and i feel everything that happened was necessary but if you look at stuff we was talking about that back then we all knew this day was coming we didn't think it was going to be a pandemic and all of these other things that was going to bring these things to light but we saw this day coming it's only so so much you can do pushing somebody into a corner before they swing back and that's what happened in regards to the verdict obviously it won't bring george floyd's life back but I do think it's a moment that should be championed and celebrated in our time that we got this guilty verdict because it is one great step and a great stride in this marathon of social justice and holding people accountable for murdering people without uh, having ever suffering any consequences. There is a precedent that's now being set that if you do this, we're gonna use social media and all these tools and we're gonna galvanize together to make sure that you're held accountable. And I think this guilty verdict Will make a cop or someone in position of power that was thinking about abusing their power think twice before they do it, and I think that is a victory. That's what's yeah. up. Now,
1: I want to touch on, um, you also had a, a song on the soundtrack. I, I think it was The Hate You Give, or, um, and I, I thought that was dope. That was the first time we seen Bobby Session, you know, you get signed, You put out this dope album, (laughs) dope visual, and all of a sudden you're on a soundtrack. So, again, for me looking in, I'm like, damn, hey, hey, Def Jam turning up. Like, y'all doing the thing. How did that come about to where you end up being on the movie soundtrack with another visual that kind of, kind of like the George Floyd situation, touched on these topics? Mm, So,
2: excuse me, Def Jam uh, did the. um Soundtrack for the hate you give and with my personal story of my cousin James Harper losing his life He was unarmed and he had got killed by a white police officer back in 2012 um, Who thought he was reaching in his pocket for a weapon and after he executed him Mm -hmm. They looked and saw that he didn't have any weapon in his pocket. So they Def Jam was aware of my story in that aspect so when it came time to make music for this film they had reached out and we got an opportunity in New York to get like a private screening of the movie. And we went and we saw it and we was like, yo, this is like, this is crazy. Like we gotta be a part of this. So we made the record, the, um, The Hate U Give, which ended up being the title track for the movie and the soundtrack and they fell in love with the record the uh big shout out to the director george tillman because he was big and making sure he was able to get a music video shot so we went and shot it in south dallas which one of the first times you've seen like a real like movie set looking thing and and we shot it at my grandma's house and like i had all the family there from the uh, sisters and this kid and it was everybody there end up being a moment to connect a real story that's real to us and connected back to the film. Like, this ain't just some entertainment type shit. Like, this is real. This is real. Th- this is a real The situation that is being highlighted in this film is a real thing that's affected us in real life. Um, exactly. And we were happy to have that opportunity to, to keep one of my cousin's name alive. But for everybody else that suffers this, that doesn't have anybody to speak on it, or there's no platform and no resources to highlight it, we're doing it for them, too. And, That was a big thing to be a proud of, for sure.
0: And you said the movie wasn't named, uh, but y'all named the song, and then that turned out to be the movie's name, or was it already named, and you just kind of went in with the name of the song as well?
2: The latter, yeah. So it was already called The Hate You Give, which they said was inspired from the the Thug Life acronym from Tupac. The Hate You Give Little Infants Fucks Everybody. This negative energy that you give to our young, and this racism and all of this, um, oppression that manifests itself into something negative later based on this energy that you poured into us when we were young. So we was like, well, the song we made, it felt like that. We didn't want to call exactly. it nothing else. So we sent it in as the hate you give. And it was like, this is it. There you go.
0: Now, speaking of uh, movies, you know, for those that, you know, went <laughs> out, was waiting to get out to the movies. Ain't people ain't been out to the theater forever. Coming to America. Part two coming to America. Yeah. Uh, arguably the
1: greatest, the first one. Arguably the greatest
0: movie of all time. Probably, arguably the greatest movie of all time, and yeah. you know, and I ain't gonna lie, we was at, we actually went to a theater to watch it. We like, hell, we gonna get out and go to a movie. We ain't been to a movie all year, and uh, sure enough, we mm-hmm. on, on on the screen. <laughs> we see, I've never
1: seen that real, like <laughs> on the screen. It is, you know, um, you might be the first artist with product placement in the movie, bro. Product, artist product placement,
0: <laughs> right there. Bobby Sessions pulls up, man. Uh-oh. Turns the shit up, man. Hey, we we gigging in the theater, man. Like we we so geek. People I know, people probably wonder well, like why the hell we so lit. You know what I'm saying? Like three stars in the building, they up there turned up like yeah. oh nigga Bobby.
1: <laughs>
0: man, t- take us through that in itself that experience. Um, first of all, are you a fan of Coming to America?
2: Absolutely. I okay. mean, it's it's. It's something that's uh, been—it's cemented itself as a classic within the culture. Everybody done seen coming to America. Everybody Everybody done seen people dress up like the characters for Halloween. We all—that movie is like a part of our culture. Even not even just for Black people, like everybody done seen that movie, and it's literally one of the most successful comedies in the history of cinema. Type. Cinema. So, (laughs) being a part of that was crazy. Like, uh, they sent us like um, a—we got a little. Uh, um, intel about the scene, and it was like you know somebody's gonna be crowned king. So it's like, what's gonna be the soundtrack to them leveling up? You know what I'm saying to that to that level or whatever. So the um, it's a, a producer that I've been working a lot with, who actually did pretty much all of Manifest. It goes by AJ. Ruined my record. And I'm like, yo, I need something that's if somebody's going to be crowned king, what's the what's the soundtrack to that? Like if that's being played in the palace. Like what's what is that going to feel like? So he starts making the beat. He sent it off to a a frequent collaborator of his, a producer named Blessed out of Atlanta. He put his sauce on it. I got it back. I'm like, yo, this is this Mm. is perfect. Like this is literally (laughs) perfect. So I went in. I did my verses. I did the I'm a king hook and we sent it off. To um to Paramount and they was like yo this is like this is perfect and then with with COVID still happening the theatrical releases again shut down a super limited um shortly after Amazon acquired the the streaming rights in America to to be able to to stream the film so it was like you know how can we make this bigger and they was like yo what if we put um Megan Thee Stallion on it I'm the hottest like,
0: people rapper how about we do
2: that I'm like uh yeah let's let's fucking do that so uh. She had texted me and was just like, Yo, like, I, I'm, I'm listening to the song, it's crazy, da da da. I'm writing my verse right now, and I'm just like, Oh, like, this is gonna be crazy. So, a couple of days later, I got her verse back, and then, you know, she's talking about generational wealth, and then she flipped my I'm a king hook to I'm a queen. Yeah, so, it's like we yeah. was able to complete the, the kingdom, so to speak. You can't have no kingdom with just a king and not the queen. And I was like, Okay, this is perfect and then uh we was able to see the scene and when i saw like my face in it and i'm seeing eddie murphy and tracy where i'm just like bro, Man, like bro that's one of the wildest manifestations <laughs> thus far for sure for I sure got, for
1: sure. i gotta ask you because for me personally that would almost mean more to me than the grammy <laughs> coming to america bro
2: mm, that's it's,
1: that's that's a hood legend movie bro that's a ugh.
2: yeah it's like mmm. i never thought about that i kind of view them both a little different but they both they're both for, they're both are things both are things that last forever yeah i'm a grammy winning uh songwriter for the rest of my life you're, you're it's immortalized some, yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> when somebody watches coming to america in 2065 they're gonna see my face you yeah. gonna see my name you're gonna hear the yeah. song like and to find out that the song was um Personally picked by Eddie Murphy too. That was just like the cherry on top. Like so, that that's, was like. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that was that was wild. So I, I, they're both crazy, and they both happened within a month of each other. <laughs> yeah, wild, but. No, no, it's a lot of People
1: saying you Illuminati now, man. They like, did you sacrifice the goat head? I mean, where's I don't the, know, where's man. The, where's the baby goats? No. No. Where's the baby
0: goats?
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Look, man. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. (laughs) Nah, sometimes. You got to do what you got to do, man. Tired of eating chips for dinner, man. Hey, Uh, I'm curious. um, What's your thoughts (laughs) on... What are your thoughts on Coming to America? The the sequel. I I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, Mainly because I didn't go into it with the expectation that it was, like, really following the first one. The first one was in 1988. It was a different time. There's certain jokes that you can say in 1988 that you cannot... Get a, off. And if they would have went, I, I saw some people like, oh, I need to be as raw as that was. If like, okay, then it, all of Twitter would have canceled it. Like, yeah, yeah. you can't, you can't, it's, it's it's a different time. And I feel like they did a They had a great balance of still being funny, being more sensitive to the times and also trolling the sensitivity yeah. of the times at the same time. And it's just like between uh, 1988 and, and 2021, Yes. He's a different person. It, it's just different people. I just saw it for what it was. And I thought I really enjoyed it. Everybody that I, I know enjoyed it. And um, no, I'm great. excited for, for Halloween to see people dressing up like the characters. Definitely. Um. Yeah.
0: Do you have a relationship? I know you mentioned Eddie picked it. Do you have a, a relationship with Eddie um, in regards to as far as just being able to speak to him or even uh, what's your relationship with also with Megan?
2: Um, so conversation. I don't have a personal relationship With um, with Eddie I'm sure I would have been able to meet him If it wasn't for COVID So I'm sure we'll be able to s- circle back and do that But I do want to say if you ever end up watching this I appreciate you <laughs> picking that song Because that's one of the coolest things ever You're a legend, you're one of the goats mm-hmm. um, With Megan Yeah, me and Megan are real cool I mean, we uh, we were a part of a, a special moment That changed both of our lives yeah. Forever um, Great sibling. Yeah.
1: Let's talk about it. How did that even come about like you know for a lot of people right they they only grow up thinking they need to be an artist right they never even take time to consider being a writer in that writer aspect. How did right. that even come up to where you collaborated with Meg The Stand to come up with this beautiful single and then Beyonce jumps on
2: top of it? So <laughs> so it's funny enough I had I was songwriting For people locally in like 2015 and 16, Um, but it wasn't something that I really took that serious. So um, around 2019, I had um, I was working in a studio and I bumped into Jay White. We had bumped into each other at the same studio, and uh, he like came into a room that I was in. I was actually working on an early version of uh, Manifest, my debut album, and um, we had chopped it up, and he had like. He basically was like yo i'm working on some stuff like you know, just fall through like da 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 and um, so I did we had some cool some, um, some cool sessions, and then a few months later, he was like i'm going uh, I 'm going to California to work on some stuff. I need some like I got these great beats, I need some great songs da 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 will not you come you know fall through and I 'm like, all right bet, so I did that, and that was some great sessions and then next thing I know um, <clears throat> it was, uh, I got like a FaceTime from Meg and it was like, yo, come to the Hit Factory in Miami. And I'm like, oh shit, like I done heard about the Hit Factory. Like, yo, let's do that. You ain't been to the Hit Factory yet at this time? No, now. no, okay, no. yeah, yeah. And um, so around, a uh, January or so, 2020, I went to the Hit Factory and um, that's how like, Savage was born, like yeah. in, that, in that session. And that was great working with Meg because I had learned that she was like a real MC. Like she had like some verses written and she had already like memorized them before she walked in, which is that shit that I do. Like if I write something before I go into a session, I already have it memorized cause I'm, I'm rapping it and making sure that I got it perfect before I even walk in there. And I noticed she had wrote some verses and it was that same kind of energy. And um, we knew that something special had took place that night. And then it comes out in March, which is the beginning of the coronavirus and right, quarantine right. and shutdown and y'all have yeah. nobody doing shit and then everybody stuck in the house and all yeah. that and end up being a blessing for the song in the sense that since everybody was stuck in the house, people were very bored, which led to them getting on TikTok. And then when people got on TikTok, there's a, a a young woman I think her name was Kiara and she created the dance and then. Oh. Everybody started doing the dance, and then Janet Jackson started sharing it, and got it's like so many people started posting it, and it became the activity that you had to do to feel some kind of happiness in this very uncertain time, and then it just blew up, and then. Um, how,
0: how, how did you move around at the time as it's blowing up on TikTok? You going around telling people, "Yeah, I wrote this." Nah. Or do you just keep it nah. like, oh,
2: that's just one of those like, I'm just I was goddamn hum- I'm at the crib like everybody else but I'm checking TikTok like stocks like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: like, <laughs> "Yo, good."
2: Okay, we up.
1: Carry the tool. We I'm like, oh, man. We Um,
2: yeah, I knew. I knew shit was finna be different. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that for sure." You
1: just got You
2: got to tell me
1: what it felt fa- cuz you know like uh I, you know like you know the check is coming but it ain't came yet. You just got it like, "What is that feeling like?"
2: Like, uh, ooh, no, yeah. I knew it was up.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I knew it was up when I saw that, like. I remember telling Jade out it was like it was literally at like forty videos, just forty videos. I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, I'm like, this <laughs> thing, this going to go crazy. Yeah. And then next thing I know, it was like I'm like, yo, it's like two thousand, then it's like sixteen thousand, then it's one million, then it's now I think it's close to like thirty million yeah. videos of this. Like, I was like, bro, like, nah, we knew things were different, but yeah. most importantly, it was just cool to see that. People identified with the song with just having a good time during a very um during a very uncertain time. <coughs> and then when Beyonce hopped on it, it was like it was, it it was over. Like.
1: Well, hey, when when Beyoncé hopped on it, what, were you at the house? How did you like how did you find out? Did you just come on the radio and you go, what the?
2: Fuck? Yeah, so I remember <laughs> that day I was taking a walk. I came back inside. I saw I had a missed call from J Dot. I hit him and he's just like, yo, um, Beyonce's hopping on the record and it's gonna drop in an hour and I was like I think I started laughing just like an hour? like an hour I'm like no problem. so I remember laughing my ass off like out of shock like I'm just like Cause that's like a hard thing to you know saying wrap your mind around and then probably with like 30 minutes later the song dropped and I'm like you know demon times I might start the OnlyFans I'm like yo I'm like, it's Beyonce. And then for the sales of the record to go to Bread and Life of Houston, which was a coronavirus relief, that made it like even better because the song was helping people emotionally, and now right. the success of the song is offering resources to people that needed that, you know what I'm saying, was dealing with this, um, this virus. So for it to then go number one on the Hot 100 on Billboard and then to win a Grammy for best rap song, a Grammy for best rap performance, and then it was nominated for record of the year and Billie Eilish, who ends up winning, goes on stage and it's like, no, this should go to Savage. It was like and for me, my favorite rapper is um, Jay Z, like right. mile, like a mile and for him. To, so it's like I was able to win a Grammy with, with his, my favorite rapper. Yeah. Like, man, that was like.
1: And, and not everything. only that, but she set a record with that win, correct?
2: Yeah. So with her um, with Savage winning for best rap performance I think that's the first end up going in the Guinness World Book of Records as the first um, all woman uh, collaboration to win an award in that category. And you won with two Texas legends. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? And now you're a legend yourself, you yes know sir. what I mean?
2: And so do you
1: ever soak that in like yo, I'm a living legend to certain people? Like like I'm doing legendary things. I'm from Dallas born in Dallas, blew up in Dallas, and made it with a bunch of Texas artists. Like, I mean, do you ever sit back and go, man, this is overwhelming, like.
2: Yeah. um, I've been calling myself a legend a long time. Yeah, a long time ago. Like a long, like, (laughs) like. Like, this is facts. Yeah, like, cause I would be capping if I was here, like, okay, because this happened, I'm a legend now. This is just. Like a proof of concept type shit. Like yeah. I've been saying this, I've been declaring it on stages when it was I was performing in front of a crickets and two bartenders. Like I was in there like that cricket gonna leave this motherfucker knowing today yeah. that Bobby Sessions is the young legend because it's it's all part of the messaging. Like in the story, yeah. you know, we was talking about this the other day at um, at that listening event, but it's like. With speaking things to existence, you gotta feel it from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. You have to really know. You can't, I'm, I'm not gonna wait for the world to say, oh, you're a legend or you're dope. Cause if the world says I'm trash, am I trash now? Cause y'all said I'm trash. I can't base how I'm feeling about me based on what everybody else is thinking Basically. and feeling and all that. So I was able to see a future for myself back then. So since I was able to see it, I'm going to speak it right now, and that is how it ended up manifesting. I don't think if I'm not calling myself a legend and putting that energy and that pressure and that expectation on myself, I don't think some of these other things manifest because I wouldn't have had the, the confidence and the, the 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 certainty to step into the rooms with the confidence and the ability to close that, you know what I'm saying, that I have now. And that's all been a development um, mentally and emotionally, and that has Um, almost like spilled over into the artistry and with the music that I'm making now, it's almost like a guide for people to do the same thing for themselves. Like, I don't feel like Bobby Sessions is an anomaly. I don't feel like it's this special case. This is a case that works, but it's with information that I feel... Can be used and applied for a lot of different people with a lot of different things, and that's the that's the why behind why we're doing what we're doing.
0: Outside of music, man, let me ask you: as far as winning a Grammy, um, does that change the phone calls? That change the DMs? Oh yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah. What 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 turned up for you right after that name is said, and you you know? You said what turned
2: up? Yeah. Price. (laughs) The that's price facts. turned up, for
0: sure. That's facts. Yeah, the price turned up. That automatic, maybe that's a J-Dot question. <laughs> I'm gonna is that automatic?
2: <laughs> I don't see a lot of Balenci on you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: how much money you know, they pay <laughs> yeah, Like, like you, you, know, pay? you know, <laughs> it's funny because you
0: see a movie and they always say um <laughs> <laughs> Academy Award nominated. Yeah. It's, it hits different when it says Academy Award uh, winner. For sure. You know, as far as just having billed. You're billed first. So yeah. now you're Grammy Award winning. So the billing is up. So therefore, is it automatic that, you know, hey, the, it's respect on your name uh you know shit everything changes as far as just even the contact bobby sessions I
2: mean, we got you here
1: for all purple MMs <laughs>
2: in the session Nah, man you tripping. I mean preferably red yeah <laughs> preferably red but um but yeah i mean it definitely raises the price i mean i feel like but how i feel i'm going to always be underpaid because I'm going to always make sure that the service and the value that I provide is more than whatever I get paid, yeah, always. So. so, if I'm getting 100000 a show, I'm going to give you a million dollar performance. Mm-hmm. If I got a million dollars for a show, you're going to get a $10 million performance. Like, that's how I'm going to always be underpaid because I'm going to make sure whatever mm-hmm. I'm getting paid, I'm always going to give more value than the money that is given to me. So... There's a lot of things that's been different. When you get a number one record, things are different. When you get signed to a major label, things are different. When you're a part of a coming to America and you're hearing the song during the Super Bowl, yeah. things are different. But the energy is, is the same. It's like we're just striving for greatness every day. So it's like, yeah, things are going up, but the attention to detail has went up 10 times more than the price ever will, and that's always going to be the energy moving forward. There you go.
0: D- does McDonald's even taste the same?
1: Can't yeah, playing. Not, <laughs> play. not I play, playing. with Balenciaga. Uh, this boy ain't ate <laughs> McDonald's.
2: Nah, hey, aye. No disrespect, McDonald's. <laughs> but you <laughs> know what <laughs> I'm mean. saying. Travis Scott. Oh, Travis Scott. Travis Scott. He, he Mc eat McDonald's. McDonald's. you play with
1: Now, I do got I gotta say this. Um, we were at the listener party. Obviously, we do the Bay Bay event. And man, when this EP drop, yikes! I I feel like they're prepping you to be. The next generation greatest lyricists. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they're prepping you to be at the top. You know, so I don't know if you know that. I'm sure you know that because you, like you said, you already know. But the songs that you displayed—was t- it Tuesday, Wednesday night, Monday night? Yikes, bro! It's like you're going to a whole nother level. You know, um, you went toe to toe with Benny the Butcher. You went toe to toe with Rick Ross, and it, it was like, okay, my boy is, is is showing out on these tracks. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about that EP, man. What is the name of the EP that you got coming out called
2: Manifest, right? Yeah, so so Manifest will be officially like the debut album. So Revolution really was a trilogy of EPs, technically. And Manifest will be the, the full official debut, the real first impression of Bobby Sessions, what Bobby Sessions embodies. Right. And what happened on uh, Monday night, salute to um, Hollywood, Bay, Bay, who hosted that event. But... That was we gave an early preview, so it's probably probably why it felt like an EP because we didn't play everything. We wanted, oh, exactly, yeah, exactly. we wanted to give a taste, like the order that you heard things would be different, but we wanted yeah. to, you know, we still got to save something for later. So because it's it's a it's a project that's meant it's gonna be the soundtrack to people manifesting their dreams. Like yeah. I describe manifest as we know the chronic is is right. classic, you know, doggy style, a yeah. uh, uh, good kid, mad city, college dropout. I describe manifest as the chronic of self help. There you go that's one of the greatest albums of all time when it deals with people manifesting their dreams, people having an idea in their mind and then holding it in their hand manifest is a soundtrack to just that so people like Rick Ross Rick Ross is one of my favorite rappers j oh, Dow yeah. to tell you like you know I, I upon every major uh deal that get that gets closed in my life, I play Tears of Joy by Rick Ross that's on rude. off Teflon Don every time because it just it gives me a it gets me a feeling that's just like we done manifested some shit, we done overcame some obst- obstacles, we done jumped some hurdles to get to where we need to get to. So to have him on my intro Man. in a song called Penthouse Prayers is like. But you got like
1: Teflon Don Ross. Oh yeah, there. I got <laughs> I got
2: quintessential Ross, quintessential. The, quintessential Ross, the the goat of of luxury rap Ross. That's yeah. the Ross that is on there. Um, and the visual for that is going to be crazy, too. Yeah. With me oh, yeah. And Ross, oh, I yeah. can't even imagine. Um, imagine. Go Rolex with with uh, Benny the Butcher and Freddie Gibbs. Oh, yes. One of the first times you ever in the history of music have heard a DJ screw sample yeah. on a boom bap beat. You ain't never yeah. heard no shit like that in your yeah. life. Yeah. So attention. it's like pay attention. Um, and yeah, that's. These are great records. These are gonna be classic records and also the one that went crazy, the triple D Tave T- yeah, yeah, with it, the Erica sample, like Bro, yeah. with the Erica
0: sample, man, it's like you touched you touched the heart of Dallas with that motherfucker. Man, man. I can't wait for the world that, to hear that. Um, uh in regards to that. And then you also have another one with Bebe, man, that just sounds like Bro, it sounds like when I go to a party at a wedding and it's time to play that one joint that we gonna two step to Man. We're
2: gonna create a little dance to. Man. Sound sounds like you got you one for real. Man. It's like I appreciate you saying that, bro, because that's the intention. Again, coming out this pandemic, you know, you have it's good to go back outside and just have fun again. Like when you yeah. thought about going to the to the skating ring or, or, or pulling up at the candy lady, you're pulling up and just having like a good. Time like that, that energy and like Dream More Dot Less. That's the name of the song featuring Hollyhood, Baby. Um, It's it's a record that just it's timeless. It feels good. It's it's just a record when you hear it, it makes you feel good. We haven't played that song in one setting thus far where it wasn't at least one or two people that got up and just start dancing. People that don't even dance for real, it it, it, it just it just does. You stand
0: still, just don't seem right right. with that song. I can't wait for the world to hit that one too, man. man. Man, I want to ask you, man, for someone to really kind of get to know your story, get to know your life, man, would you say um, the track uh, featuring Hov is a song that they could go to to just kind of understand your journey up until where you are now?
2: Man, that is an incredible question. Yeah, featuring Hov, so that's been a part of my um, Manifest Monday series. We've been doing it every Monday. Every Monday I put out a freestyle leading up to the release of Manifest. And featuring Hovis one where I'm kind of detailing like in the first verse of it, my childhood, um, growing up in Pleasant Grove, and then detailing, you know, me getting to high school and me trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with my life and my failures as an athlete and realizing I'm not gonna go to the NBA, I'm not gonna go to the NFL, so maybe I should go to school so I can be like Stuart Scott or Stephen A. Smith. And, and though I enjoy that, I, I love sports, I love talking about sports, it wasn't pulling at my heart like playing sports was, but I knew, I didn't, I, I realized when I was in high school, it was, while I was smoking weed before school, it was people coming in lifting weights before school started, and lifting weights after school started, and they had a love for it that I just didn't, I just didn't have, and I learned it, and I'm like, so there's no way I'm going to compete with somebody at UT. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, if I'm playing receiver and I'm going with a D1 recruit that's playing corner, I'm not catching a slant, a fade, I'm going to just going. I'm going to till in the stands and I'm going to rap to the people in the stands yeah. while you do your thing. That's not my game. So that song details me figuring that out and having that self-awareness to know, okay, this ain't, this ain't it. So when I got to school and I saw the the open mic, that my fire started to burn way brighter than it ever did playing football or running track or playing basketball. It was a different like flame where I was like, okay, this is, this is what it's going to be. And that's, that freestyle does detail that. That would be something to see for people to get an understanding of, of my story, for sure.
1: Now, I will say there's a couple of artists in these celebrity basketball games that's kind of making them fool of theyself.
2: So if young oh, yeah. Bobby got to get out there, i oh, no, I'm show pulling up? No, I'm pulling up for that though, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> against, against rappers? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. on my shit Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, He's so, he so, well, I'm taking my high-standing squad over any squad in the city on some basketball <laughs> shit. Yeah, That's, yeah real. Sure. That's
1: real.
0: Man, I want your uh, thoughts on uh, DMX, man, as far as uh, the loss of DMX and uh, just what he meant to the, the hip-hop culture uh, and just the world, really, just as a person.
2: Yeah, so obviously one of the greatest rappers of all time. He's also one of the most... Raw and passionate rappers of all time, yeah. and uh, DMX was someone. So it's funny we spoke about that like me in a, um, a video. So there's a homage I paid to DMX in that video where I'm covered in, in blood and all that. Like it's like towards the end of the video where we're trying to show the rage of that a lot of people in Black America are feeling, yeah. and um, you know, and that was paying homage to his uh, Blood of My Blood, uh, Flesh of My Flesh album cover. Um, and um, yeah, he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. He made it okay for people to be raw and passionate. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people in hip hop at the time wanted to show that they was like the flyest nigga while I was a getting money dude. And his energy was like, yo, like I'll rob you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, (laughs) but it's like, but it was just like a street poet, like, like a street poet. Like he really, he made it okay to be even more raw and more authentic in a way that was authentic to him. And I think as of right now, he has, as far as the rapper is concerned, the most iconic performance when you think of him at Woodstock, where he, yeah. w- it looks like he's performing for the whole earth is it, yeah. all the yeah, same yeah, DMX. Um, so yeah, may he rest in power and uh and thank him for the inspiration. He's inspired a lot of us. Definitely, man, definitely rest in peace DMX, man. I want your
0: thoughts, man. Do you feel Quentin Miller, bro, was the scapegoat for or rapper writers in regards to normally you're behind <laughs> the scenes, and then this situation uh, with Drake happens where <laughs> Quinn Miller is now in the forefront of writing. You know, uh, some you know, uh, you know, some hits, and therefore now we're talking writers. Now we're talking how it's part of the process. This is the recording process now. Um, that was kind of behind the scenes, kind of industry knowledge at first. Now it's in the forefront. What are your thoughts on that as far as, you know, you being in that that field of, you know, writing hit songs?
2: Um, That is a a great question and a very interesting question. Um, Well, one, with all due respect to Quentin Miller, I don't um, see myself in that way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't see myself in that way. I think how I see myself is is more along the lines of, um, I'm like the black David Foster. So David Foster is one of the greatest writers of all time. And I think there was a culture that existed in hip hop, because it's still, though it's been around, it's still a relatively young genre of music still. So it was taboo to have uh, people write your records. That was seen as an indictment on your creative genius, so to speak. Now. With rap transitioning into the most popular genre of music in the world. And the thing, the music that galvanizes not just trends in music and trends in dancing, corporate trends, you can't look at no uh, Twitter account for a corporation that's not quoting rap lyrics. That's how much it's entrenched in the culture all around the world. People in Tokyo, it's all, it is spread all around the world, which means that now, there's people that would always write all of their records and those records would be dope, but those aren't necessarily hit records. Not that there's something wrong with it, but in making hit records, most hit records, regardless of genre, there's a team of people because it takes several minds to make something that the whole world is gonna say, this is the shit. I love that you said that. (laughs) Um, So I think it used to be like a, almost like a demonization of, oh, this person had someone in the room like, if if somebody off the street says a hook that I think is dope, I'm going to use it t- today. That's facts. Right. Like it's like it's not I don't give a fuck. I want to have hits. Like yeah, yeah. like I don't I don't care. And I was someone that's like, "Oh no, nah, man, if it didn't come from me, do do this like man, fuck that shit. Like yeah. that shit ain't even cool." Like and I right. used to think that that was cool like cuz I was worried about what somebody would say at a barbershop, shop. Man, it's just like yeah. Nigga, like, yeah, should,
0: yeah like, funny. if somebody helps with an ad lib, should they get credit on a song?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. There's some people battling some legal shit right now. Yeah, that. if you if you if you in my session and you like, man, you should say yeah instead of yeah. yes. Like, you ain't getting shit for that shit. Like, <laughs> but, when, uh, but now
1: that you have written a hit record, right? What is the difference between writing a hit record versus just writing? like an album cut.
2: I can answer that for me, not as general information. Okay, so for me, it's all the same. So for me, I'm just trying to make something dope. I don't walk into a session like, let's make a hit record. Like, it's just like, that shit is whack. To me, to me. I feel like the goal should be to just make something dope. with most hit records it's just like you hear a song you like oh that's dope i'm gonna tell my brother you're like oh man this is dope And you tell Jada, oh, and this is dope and then it's just that ha- that happens for like a million people and then it goes platinum it's just a yeah. million people that said this shit is dope and we like this yeah. so the goal should, anytime i'm making something i'm just trying to make something dope i'm not looking like i don't have like this guy in a suit critiquing the record in my head when i'm making something i'm not trying to dumb something down for no. I'm yeah. not doing, I'm not thinking with none of that, uh, that energy. I'm just trying to make something dope. And I want to make sure that whoever is in the room, when we leave the session, we're all like, this is the shit. And if we feel it's dope and it's a hit to yeah. us, it hit meaning it connects to all of us. We all left the room and it all connected. And we all said, this is dope. So it's a hit because it connected. It's all hit. So I don't even look at it more like hit. It's more like connected it go. connected there was a bunch of people that this record connected to so it was a hit but now that you have a thing, crammy
0: does, does j-dot come to you or does anyone come to you and say hey we we trying to
2: get that that next savage type record we need that we need a savage have people said that yes yeah. j-dot doesn't no he doesn't say that, that. Sure we're we're on but we're I'm on the sure, same i'm sure someone in his
0: ear be like hey can, can that nah, get I'm replicated saying. can that get replicated
2: yeah the the Success of it absolutely can be repli- will be replicated. There you go. The the song itself. I'm not finna come in there mm-hmm. making the no, that was what it was. It's like, can you can you make two Jordans? There's not two Jordans. Yeah. There's one Michael Jordan and then I can make a LeBron. <laughs> I can you make know. a uh, Steph. Yeah, we can make go. different things that is unique to you. That will be what you need for you every um. But that's the goal. Like I said, Black David Foster. In this era going into the 2020s and 2030s, it's going to be something now where, where it would have been like, oh, uh, you got somebody in working on your stuff. Now it's going to be a flex to do it. It should be a sign of respect. Oh, you brought Bobby Sessions in? Okay, you're trying to make something great. That's the, that's the, um, the trail that we're blazing as of now.
1: So does Bobby Sessions sign an artist? Does he have merch? Like, what is, you know, beyond the music, what is next for Bobby as a whole?
2: Hold on, ask that one more time?
1: Do, does Bobby Sessions try to sign an artist? Do, do, do you have a merchandise line? Like, what else do you have going on besides the music aspect
2: right now? Um, so we have a lot of great things that's going to happen at High Standard, so just, just stay tuned for that in regards to that. With, in regards to things outside of music, I recently... Um, contributed to a Marvel comic book that came out wow. on March 24th. Um, so that's a great author, another great writer by the name of Tanahasi Coates. He did the Black Panther series for Marvel. So it's like 25 different issues of this like Black Panther story that he's telling throughout these 25 issues. And I contributed a short story to issue 24, and it's a story about the power of positive affirmations like you you telling yourself that you are wealthy or you are rich or you are healthy or you are you are beautiful or you are strong like those are all affirmations so i wrote a story on how positive affirmations you speaking positivity over yourself how that can heal your body and help you tap into your own superpowers so to speak like i am a legend for example that's an affirmation so i contributed a story about that to um to a marvel comic book I'm going to expand that to books and motivational speaking and a lot of different things. But music is just the first vehicle to get into all of these other different um, mediums of still expressing the same messaging, which is people maximizing their potential.
1: I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, It's a lot of people that say, man, I'm independent. But man, since you've been signed, it seems like some great things have been happening. Would you say that? (laughs) You know a lot of you know how it is in the south we always are independent independent but it seems like for you I'm watching great things happen for you while being on Def Jam would you say that um more people need to reconsider like maybe you should it's okay to get help you know we're so anti help in the south you know what i'm saying
2: <sighs> <laughs> um i think everyone's situation is different there you go i think most people are capped so there's certain situations where i think it's all dependent on what your goals as an artist are so if your goal is okay i want to make let's say you built up this big fan base you're making a lot of money from music already and you don't have no desire to headline a festival in new zealand and it's just about like i just like getting money and doing that and you already got A buzz and then a label approach you to sign you, you may not want to take that situation. If you're in that particular situation and you have those particular goals for your career. If you're somebody that um, wants to tour the world globally and want to be one of the biggest artists in the world, that's going to be extremely difficult to do without getting some type of major backing. Now, they're not there necessarily to save you. A major label to me is more like you have to create your own flame and then they're like a big fan, yeah. but they can't really fan a flame that isn't there, whether that flame is a, a buzz that you have or it's a, a, a your talent. And then they their fans end up being the resources that are provided for you. But I think everybody's situation is different what you should do is based on what your individual or team's goals are in regards for you and your career with that being said what i mean when i say people are cat and this kind of goes back to like the songwriting thing it's not that people don't want to bring people in for the sake of what someone's going to say at a barbershop. a lot of people have these egos that's based on this insecurity. you scared that somebody gonna have an idea that's better than yours, or you're thinking like, oh, if, if, if I have one dollar and I bring in two people to help me, then I gotta split that dollar up. Right, right, right. But it's like, nigga, you have one dollar.
0: <laughs> that's fair. <right.
2: laughs> so, if you brought somebody in, <laughs> like, you have a dollar. Like, it's, it's a, it's a culture, we got a culture with a lot right. of people that's happy to be the boss of nothing, to own, so, but uh, uh, I'ma uh, say it, uh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm in, done. Uh, Cause I'm sick will of it. In. I'm sick of it, bro. Now, I'm sick the, of it. Hold on. The up, hold music up, hold up, hold up. industry would come in like I got a hundred dollars. Man, listen, bro. Listen, bro. It's a lot of people that's cool with having 100% of nothing. Uh, you got an LLC of we sold no records records. That's yeah. the record company. <laughs> we sold no records. No records. Niggas Then All done. independent. Bro, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's all independent. It's like, I can tell. I can see that it was independent. I can tell, oh, I know, man, I recorded myself. I mixed it. I mastered it. I produced it. I don't need nobody. I ain't never asked for nothing. It's like, I can tell. Yeah. I can tell you didn't ask nobody. You need to, you need to ask somebody. Ask, bro. No, you remember, oh we go God. to school, they said, if you don't understand, raise your hand. Ask, nigga. Like, <laughs> ask somebody. Like, <laughs> we talk about Jordan, we talk about LeBron, we talk about people that are great. These people got teams. If Michael, Michael Jordan had a coach, you don't need no coach. Yeah. You better than Michael Jordan. He didn't come up with his own lead. You, you're more of a killer <laughs> than Michael. Like, no, you're not. You're not. You're not. Te- teams make great things happen. Though, the great things you see, the people that we idolize and look up to, they had teams. Even if you didn't see them on camera, when that, whoever you saw in the face of that camera, when they got off the camera and they took these mics and all this shit off, there was a team of people advising them or giving them some perspective, or even just for the sake of checking them when they on some bullshit. You need a team of people to do something great. And we got this whole culture as a people. Like, I don't ask for no help and I don't do it. I ain't like that. I'll ask for help in a fucking second. Yeah. Because I feel like if you never ask for help, then your dream's too small. If you, if you can do, if everything you can do, you can do alone, then your dreams ain't big enough. That's your right. dreams ain't big enough. If you are trying to do some big shit, and everybody is saying that they legends, and we the biggest in the world, and we run the city and all this type of shit, whatever city that is, or country that is, or whatever, if you're doing that by yourself, then you're not doing it. Like It's just period. Like I don't, I don't, even, I don't even understand that. And you might have spoken on this
0: before, but I'm curious, you know, Grammy award winning, you know, on the soundtrack coming to America, uh, no chains, no diamonds around your neck, no diamonds dancing. Um, What is your thoughts on that as far as in the rap culture, how that is expected?
2: I think um, it depends on what the reason you're getting it. If you're if you're doing it because it's just something that makes you feel good, that's one thing. If you're doing it because you need it to feel like something, then that's bad. Like I have, excuse me, I have no problem with, with jewelry. Like I don't have diamonds, but I do have an expensive watch on and people can be like, oh, it's not shiny, but you some people can look at that. Like you still spent a lot of money on a watch that you don't look at to check the time on type <laughs> shit. But at the same time, You know, but but kings and people always have worn jewelry. This isn't just some rap shit, but I think there is a culture of like, okay, if I don't get this, then people are not going to view me as valuable. I think that's a uh, yeah, that can get dangerous. I think
0: I want to say Yellow Beasy has said in an interview one time, he said no one took him serious until he started putting, you know, jewelry on. Like he wasn't getting booked or paid in, of course, in the city until he started actually wearing jewelry. I and mean, he's like, I'm like, that's a wild thought that it took for that to say, OK, let me add to the money because you look like money now. He's
2: I mean, and that makes sense to agree, what that makes sense in the sense of for um, the lane that he's in, if he's assessing his situation. But see, at, at that point, he still has a reason to buy it. Like, OK, I'm going to he's not saying I have to buy this for me to feel like I'm the shit to me. It's it's now turning into like marketing. Yeah. It's just, market. This, instead of him buying posters, he bought jewelry, and that did market his services, and that, that clearly worked since he was able to, you know, get a return on his investment. And that's why I say all of these situations, that individual, they're tailored for the individual. He did what was best for him, and he wasn't spending all of his last dollars <laughs> on jewelry. He's able to still take care of himself and take care of his family. You have people now that, you know, they'll end up stacking up I don't know fifty k, and they spend forty on a chain, (laughs) and nigga's starving. (laughs) Like that's not, that ain't cool. Like uh, yeah, that's not cool. All
0: right, definitely, man. Before we get out of here, man, 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 manifest. Um, twenty twenty one, we're kind of coming out of COVID. Um, what what are you manifesting for yourself for twenty twenty one, the remaining of the uh, few quarters we have left, and then going into twenty twenty
2: two. Um, health most importantly. There you go. A successful release of the album with Manifest. I want the world to hear it the way that we're hearing it. Um, we feel, like I said, it's, it's one of the, the greatest debut albums of all time. I stand on that. We feel, you know, it was made in uh, Westlake Studios, which is like the room. MJ. That, yeah. That the, that's the Thriller room. Thriller. Oh, that's what's up. I was just in the, oh, oh yeah last yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, in the same room, Studio D. Yeah. like that's the energy passing up those plaques we wanted to tap into that energy of greatness and pour that into the music like so it was made with the intention of being able to stand to stand next to some of the greatest bodies of work that you ever heard and so we wanted just a successful release of that we have things that's even planned even post that but you know as of right now the focus is manifest the focus is manifest Getting this material out to the people for the people to see the visuals, and then hopefully with um you know with coronavirus slowing down, would love to get back on the road because that's my element. I love nah, making music. I love writing music, but performing music yeah, is Bobby, yeah, Bobby. puts yeah. on Bobby a million dollar show for Shines, with a thousand dollar budget. <laughs> yeah, like for real. Nah, like for we want to always like. That's why I feel most like myself. Yeah. On stage like I had and I had to turn that version of me off when I leave because it's it's intense yeah. So it's just like that's a way where I can really Almost be like my real self on stage for most people. It's like they're the opposite. They're like they Their normal self in like regular life and then they put on a character on stage for me I feel like it's more like the opposite for me. I feel most like myself on stage, but that energy is too intense to just be walking around like that all the time.
0: That's real. Give
2: me a walk yeah, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I'm a legend. Give me the tips, yeah, like you that shit. Just, t- yeah, yeah, like that's 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 just too much energy. So, um, so I want to get back to being on stage because that's that's the area of this industry that gives me the most joy, and that's the one that I'm most eager to return to.
1: Yeah. Hey, for uh, and before you get out of here, those people that are that have been rapping, you know, and they got lyrics, they're talented. What advice would you give them? You know, uh, you know the guys in Dallas doing their thing, talented, just, just rapping right now.
2: So, I would say to truly be honest with yourself and why you're doing this, for real, for real. Yeah. So, when I first started rapping, I was a lyrical, miracle, spiritual, I was one of those, like, type of rappers and I was, every time I wrote a rap, I was trying to prove to the 15 people in the room that I was the nicest rapper. And that was like the, the sole goal. And eventually, with you know the passing of my cousin to me having a lot of mental health and anxiety issues and that started my journey of learning about how, the, how does the mind work and how can I manifest things, how can I control my thoughts, which means I can control my emotions and then I can control my behavior which means I can control my habits and my habits is, is going to be the determining factor of what I end up producing in my life so once I got that figured out I'm like okay I'm going to make my music about that So my story wasn't, I wasn't selling drugs or I didn't have, you know, people that knew people in the music business and all that. My story was I was working jobs that I hated. I didn't like doing it and I needed to do music full time. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be a cog in the machine. That was my story. So I'm like, I'm going to tell my story. And after I started telling my story and everything being, being authentic to my experience, things started to happen. There's a lot of people that rap a lot of words, but you don't know shit about them. You don't know nothing about their story, I don't know what you stand for, I don't know what, I don't know your, your story, I don't know your why. My why is to help people maximize their potential and tap into this greater version of themselves and I use mu- music, a book, a comic book, a speech, or whatever to get that messaging across. So I would say to anybody that's doing that thing, write your goals down, but before you even do that, really ask yourself, why am I doing this for real, for real? Why, what's gonna get you out of bed? Because if you don't have no strong why, once you run into a certain amount of obstacles, you're gonna end up being discouraged and you're gonna end up stopping because you didn't have something that was gonna push you to keep going for real. I would have still did this shit if it wasn't no Grammys or watches, money or nothing, and I was homeless. I would have been a nigga like, I'll rap for food. Because mm. this is what I love to do. Most of my career, I've been a broke rapper. Like, I've spent most of the years of me rapping, I've been a broke rapper that was making no money. But it's just what I love to do, so that's why I keep doing it. So when I deal with adversity or obstacles, it's nothing because the pain of that obstacle does not, it's not stronger than the love and the joy I have for the craft. you know what I'm saying? So really ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing and then reevaluate your situation from there.
0: And is there any artist in Dallas that you kind of got your eye on that's kind of popping, if anybody? Say it again. Is there any artists that you like to name drop that's probably shaking and moving out here that you.
2: That I like? Um, I like um, Jason Lyric. Shout out Jason Lyric. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, like I'm Jason sure. Lyric.
0: Yeah, I know so for sure. Shout yeah, out Jason Yeah, I like
2: Jason Lyric. I like uh, TYE. Shout
0: out TYE Harris.
2: Um, and and people that don't get enough love, like a Yellow Beezy. There you
0: go. You know, shout when you get
2: go. to a certain thing, you kind of like. People act like you don't count or something like he he didn't wasn't open enough for Chris Brown and, and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like and yeah, have yeah. one of the biggest records in the history of it, that don't come around at all. Yeah. For some people. Um, a lot of people. So, yeah. So I want to say salute to Yellow Beasy. Like, yeah, I think he he, um, he deserves his flowers. There you go. There yeah. you go.
0: And for those that, um, you know, with, uh, the manifest Mondays, uh, with the music dropping for those that want to get at you, uh, follow you, tell them how to get at you as far as on social media, tell them where to find the music.
2: Yeah. So you can go to, um, Bobby sessions, TX on Instagram at Bobby sessions on Twitter. Um, we got the uh, music videos, Cog and the Machine, Penthouse Prayers, Bobby Sessions and Rick Ross, the gold mm-hmm. Rolex, Benny yes, the Butcher, mm-hmm. Freddie the Gibbs. Yes, got the dream or doubtless oh, for Hollywood. God, dream or doubtless, Hollywood, baby. Uh, yeah, just, just, we got a lot of content that's dropping. Of course, please subscribe to my YouTube, Bobby yeah. Sessions. Yeah. Um, and that's where you can be. Um, so you can be ready for all the uh, new releases. This is going to be a leg- one of the most legendary runs that you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. not for real, yeah. nothing but heavy shit.
0: Sure. And uh, any shout outs you would like to give, man?
2: Uh, I would like to shout out to High Standards. I would like to shout out Def Jam Records. I would like to shout out uh, the producers. AJ run my record and scales that produced on Manifest. And I want to shout out the city. I want man, shout I mean, shout to shout out Dallas. you, man. You got to grab me. It came back. Say, yeah,
0: you know, we, oh, we, we talked to, oh, talk to a lot of artists that, um, you don't know, yeah, we tell them don't get too lit to forget us, man. And, you know, we we got you way back when, again, as you said, you weren't rich your whole career no. and we got you back then. And for you to, you know, see the accolades that you have and then you come sit right back down here just from a hey, Bobby, can you come in? Like, oh, well, yeah already there. know. That, already just know. Show, that just goes to show how grounded you are, how real you are and just how the love you give back to even the city that you come from, man. So it's a blessing, bro. It's not even the goddamn discussion. You are a real-life street star, man. Bobby Sessions, Grammy Award winner, Bobby Sessions, the young legend. Manifest, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. We here.